Hey everyone, welcome to the Bursting the Bubble podcast. I am Pramit, joined by Andy, Ishis, and Rohit. Today is the second episode of our two-part deeper dive into the NFL. Uh, we're kind of freestyling this one. Last episode was more about the offense. Uh, today we're just going to talk about general game planning, a little bit of the history of the league, and just some of our favorite moments of recent NFL history. Uh, just to kind of give you a better idea of the current situation, the current climate in the NFL. Um, so a little, little more free form than the last one. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with kind of the evolution of the league. So we kind of touched on this in the last episode, uh, how the quarterback is becoming a more important position, uh, and the running back is kind of fading into obscurity. Uh, so yeah let's let's talk about this this evolution from run happy to pass happy offenses i mean not necessarily obscurity you still need a good run game but you don't need a good running back and that's that's the problem that these teams are having because you can replicate the production of one good running back with who's like an all-arounder with like three separate running backs that can excel in different phases of the game for a fraction of the cost and uh that's that's just something that you still need a good running game to be successful. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah. yeah. And what, what Rose was saying about like having three separate running backs to fulfill different purposes, it's actually called a running back by committee. Um, and honestly, like I, I feel like a lot of teams are starting to do that more and more. Um, it just makes sense. Just, yeah. You, you don't have your superstar. Everyone is n- less tired at the end of the game. Everyone's fresh to do whatever they need to. Right. I, I Honestly, I think it I think it makes a lot more sense than people realize. So, yeah, a lot of teams seem to be tending this way of instead of having one guy who does everything, they have multiple guys, they have a committee. Um and like the the benefits of that are yeah, your your guys stay fresh uh and you don't have to worry about like if one guy goes down, then it's just one other guy who has to step up. But I feel like one problem with that is well, I don't even know if actually this is a problem, but something that I would think would be a problem is uh, predictability. If you have a specialized running back for every position, kind of like, and this is something that I see with the Pats like a whole lot, is the the Patriots have one running back who is their running running back. And then they have their <laughs> pass catching running back who's there to catch passes. And like when you have these two different dudes on the field, then the defense is going to know exactly what's going on. Um, so I, I think, think that's... I think a way to counteract that is to maybe instead of like the Patriots do in in entirely maximizing one skill and, you know, forgetting about the other skill is take a player that's, you know, maybe good to above average at running and then really good at pass catching. And when that player comes in, you know that like the defense thinks it's going to be a pass because this is a very exceptional talent at pass catching. You can, you can run tendency breakers, counters off of that. So the thing that comes with predictability is if if you think you're going to be predictable, the defense is going to also come out in a predictable set, uh, lineup. So you can you can counter that as however you want. All right, so this goes back to your um, idea of versatility um, in a running back. Being able to ca- catch out of the backfield as well as run up the middle definitely makes it harder for the defense to plan ahead. So running back by committee shouldn't just be, you know, the three different skills by themselves. Like, I, I, I think the Patriots are the perfect example. But yeah. rather, people who are maybe not all around, but they possess 
you know, good elements from each one. But if you combine maybe three or four running backs, you'll create one, you know, Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, if that makes sense. Right. So the thing I think is most key is that if when it comes to a run game, I think a lot of it has to do with the play calling and how the run is set up, as well as your offensive lineman. And if you do have a good offensive lineman and good play calling, such as the Niners have with Kyle Shanahan, then it makes sense to have a committee because it really doesn't matter um, who the running back is in that system. Like they should still succeed with a good offensive lineman and a yeah. good uh, play calling. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, no, uh, but like um, in terms of the Giants, right? Like the Giants really don't have good play calling or good setup, but Saquon still seems to like save them a lot of the time by like. But the thing that up. I bring up every time I hear Saquon is that was he really worth a number two overall pick? No, no, like, I mean I'm not talking like. Does the advantage? Pick. The advantage that you get, like you, to, Saquon Barkley is, you know, the I think he's the best running the back best in the running league. The best running back in the league. Yeah. Generational talent. He's a generational talent, but and and you have to draft those players highly. But the value that he brings as a running back is just capped by the number, the the skill points at quarterback and the skill points at offensive line. And while he can maximize a little bit more, that added value that he brings, I I do not believe is worth an extra first round pick. No, but like with the uh, play two, calling. With the play calling that the Giants had, it was really abysmal. And the talent they had around Saquon was so... Like, imagine what the Giants would be like if they didn't have Saquon. It would be one of the worst offenses in the league. But Saquon, like, pushes them up to, like, below average, essentially. Yeah, so I think that's... So I think your point there is, if you're going running back by committee, like a lot of teams are, it's way more dependent on the coaching and the scheme than just the raw talent of the, right, of right. the running backs. If you have just one like insane talent like in Saquon, then he can mask deficiencies in the uh, play calling. Uh, I think that's a good point, and I think that's a, the reason why a lot of teams just don't have good running games in general is because they over um, they overestimate their play calling abilities. Right, to the, right. To the exactly. point where the committee doesn't work. Yeah. Like, or they, over, like or they overestimate the skill of their players. So they maybe, yeah. if they don't have the most exotic run schemes, yeah. they'll just keep running into a brick wall thinking that they have a Saquon back there, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they would tend to focus more on their uh, running back rather than the offensive line, which is probably more important in their run game than the actual running back itself, as we kind of mentioned previously as well. And it's just a better. It's just easier to gain yards, especially now with everyone tending towards lighter and faster. If you want to pass, you know, it's just the the game is more spread. I think that's the term they used to describe it: spread offense, air raid type offense, coming from college. A little more trick plays, a little more mobile quarterbacks, stuff like that. It's just faster pace, just like the NBA. Yep, everything's becoming faster. Um, I don't think you need a committee to like you. You definitely don't need a committee to have a successful run game. I agree. I agree. Um, right. You have what Derrick Henry on the Titans. You have Zeke on the Cowboys. Um, I mean, to an extent, you have. Um, you had Nick Chubb for a you while. You had Nick Chubb. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah. Uh, on the Browns. But I think you, you I have think McCaffrey the Browns are, on the Panthers. The Browns. So the Browns have Nick Chubb, and they also have a very good running back, Kareem Hunt, and that. Having another good running back just makes Nick Chubb better. Like he's fresher, yeah, his no, his skills are more. He'll be are on that team healthier, longer, and it just makes sense. I mean, that's absolutely true. But like 
like I, I'm saying, like even in the like when when Kareem Hunt was like suspended for like half the season or whatever, like the early like the first half of the season, like Kareem Hunt was also doing very well in the run game. Like Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, or, Nick Chubb. Yeah, sorry, Nick Chubb was also doing very well. Um, yeah, probably one of the leading rushers in the NFL. Yeah, I, it's it's just I I think the whole so I the reason that we you bring up the running back by committee is. Um, we'll also get into this later, but like the most of the successful teams in the NFL, like the 49ers or the Ravens, um, that is how they run their offenses. They have multiple people running the ball. Um, do you think that's like an I actual? Think, I think the reason, reason why they're successful is because they have very good scheme, they have good coaching, and because they have good coaching, they're the able to plug and works. play. They're able yeah. to plug and play all these players and have the success because the success doesn't depend on the talent running back. It depends on something much more stable and uh, what is the word? Foundational. It's like scheme fit, yeah. you know. And yeah. they, that's I, I'm speaking as an as, as a uh, fan of the Niners here because the Niners Kyle Shanahan wants like he wants speed and he wants someone who can go one cut and go north and south. Now that may not be the best fit for the Ravens who who run a different kind of scheme. But it allows Kyle Shanahan to to scoop up talent, like undrafted talent, because not everyone is looking for that uh, running back that fits only Kyle Shanahan's unique scheme. So it just if you can get one of those like like really really good play callers, I mean, obviously you'll have success. And I think the running back by committee is a, a cause. Uh, what is the, what is the thing? Uh, correlation, not correlation, causation. not causation. There we yeah. go. I didn't take stats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think that's I think that's the way the league is trending in terms of running backs, like you said. Um, but I don't think it'll it'll work for everyone. Be- just because it works for the best doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Um, I th- one one thing that is interesting about the running back position, I think it's the easiest for a rookie to succeed at, especially because they're fresh, they're young. Uh, you don't need to watch a whole lot of film, honestly. You do. You have to watch your baseline level of film. But at the end of the day, it's going to be you want to run where people aren't. And if you have that skill, you have that skill, and you can just succeed for four or five years until you know you get arthritis in your knees and then you're out of the league. Shout out but, Todd Gurley. But that is not the same for all the other offensive rookies. If you guys want to go into that, yeah, I want to kind of expand on the uh, running back point you just talked about. Like I think the previous three years, we saw a rookie lead the lead the league in rushing. Like we had, uh, or like at least very close to the top, we had like Saquon, like Jordan Howard. Um, <laughs> we had like Ezekiel Elliott, right? Kareem those, Hunt, those Kareem guys. Hunt also in his rookie. Yeah, year. Kareem Hunt too. Yeah, like even more, like four years uh, in a row. And I, I think uh, it kind of goes to show that like you don't necessarily need a cornerstone running back uh, because the experience isn't as helpful for running backs as it is for maybe other positions. Yeah, I yeah. think it's like a it's like a new car. The second you drive the new car off the lot, you know, you put some it miles on it, it just depreciates in value. And unless you're the yeah. Texans, you don't want an old running back. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, or, um, when we were going over positions for offense, we actually forgot one position. I think um, that would be the fullback. I don't think we forgot that. I think I mean, I yeah, think but we, like we, we to talk about what it omitted that. Was. Yeah. It, yeah, I think this was during the time when running was a huge thing for a lot of teams, and the fullback's job was to basically 
stand right in front of the running back and open up holes for and like go through the hole and help block for the running back but in today's passing age um it basically has been just uh like cast aside for most teams and just been replaced with like an extra receiver or because in general having an extra receiver is just first of all when you have a fullback in the game the defense will counter with a heavier player because that fullback is a blocker so when that happens, it's it's inherently harder to run the ball. Whereas if you had a receiver in the game, the defense would counter by putting a lighter cornerback in. And if your receiver can block, maybe it's easier to block a lighter cornerback than a heavier linebacker. So I, I just think it makes more sense for most teams to uh, to eschew the fullback position. Right, because most fullbacks true. don't really have that um, passing uh, threat. So yeah. it's really not something that can help. Yeah, when when they're on the field, they're more of a one-trick pony than anything, which we do not want. In yeah, no one-trick like ponies, unless you're Derrick Henry. That's a good trick. That's a that's good a, pony. Excellent. That's a trick. great trick. Hey, but the but the ponytail is subpar. I gotta be Ooh. honest. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Thank you. That's thank no you. pony, man. That's a horse. <laughs> that's a horse. He's got some horses for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we so we talked about what running back rookies having some success uh, at at uh, in their first year in the NFL. I feel like that's like the only uh, position, at least offensively, that is consistently successful in their first yeah. year. Maybe offensive line. No, because an offensive line, you, you, you the competition, the level of competition that you're going against just takes an exponential jump. Uh, the schemes that you have to learn, everything is just so much harder. Like. Uh, you're, you're tossed into the fire. Generally, you don't really see standout offensive linemen. Yeah, okay, maybe uh, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking examples. of like Quentin Nelson right yeah. now. Yeah, so, also, but he's a generational uh, talent. Yeah. yeah also, yeah, there, um, I think Gary Bradbury. No, um, for the Vikings, who's the center or that they drafted? When? Uh, last year, I think. Uh, I do not know. Uh, Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, yeah. he definitely improved the off the line. Uh, huge uh, last year, but it's like uh, you have to be like you have to have like a like generational talent or like you have to be really good to. Yeah, I think for offensive linemen, it definitely takes a couple years for them to get into. Because like we mentioned, right? It's a very you know team. It's a very uh, what is it? Teamwork heavy position. You need to synergy develop, related as well. Synergy related. You need to develop a rapport with like your the, the people on your left and the people on your right. Make sure you're all taking steps in unison. You know when the defense is running some interesting rushes at you be able to communicate and pass that off i just don't think that's the that's the easiest thing to do for a rookie yeah Yeah. um i think it's it goes a lot also offensive linemen uh quarterback is also similar i think the hit rate for those are kind of similar really you think the hit rate for a successful offensive lineman and a successful quarterback are the same that quarterback's much harder quarterback i think it's much harder Okay, so in terms of okay, this also might just be because I you just end up paying more attention to quarterbacks. Yeah, but uh, and also the standard for good rookie quarterback I think is lower than standard for good rookie offensive lineman. I feel like there's a tier, you know, when a rookie offensive lineman is is drafted, you think of them to be just that you want them to catch up to the same level as every other offensive lineman in the league. Yeah. Um, but a rookie quarterback, you're like, oh, he's a rookie. Like he was good for a rookie, you know. Okay, I, I see a, what you're saying. I that. think I think uh, what you're saying is quarterbacks get a little more leeway in time leeway. to develop. Yeah, yeah. I think that their their position is way more complex. But I do see your point. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned in our in our quarterback breakdown, a rookie quarterback it's just tough for them to really catch up. Um, 
the film that they have to watch, the, the the defensive schemes that they've never seen before. It's just hard to hard to simulate that at a college level. So rare, rarely do they come in at a pro rate. Yeah. I think what what is the uh, record for most passing touchdowns by a rookie? It's it's uh it's twenty seven. 27 or 28 yeah i think yeah so yeah baker mayfield had that 27 28 touchdowns um it was 27 and that's the record for a rookie quarterback which is like a very average quarterback year yeah so yeah it's it's a it's a a, yeah it's a it's not a great year by any standards yeah Yeah. and that was like the best year uh year in terms of touchdowns that a rookie quarterback has had so Mm -hmm. there's definitely a huge learning curve over there one thing that a uh, I just want to touch on this really quickly because it's super important in team building philosophy is that when you have a rookie quarterback, like we mentioned previously, that all these quarterbacks are looking to get paid, you know, 30, 40, 50 million a year. Uh, when you have a, a decent rookie quarterback and you can pay them under five million a year, that just frees up so much of your cap space to invest in other positions. So many of the successful teams. Uh, over the last decade have followed this philosophy with the Seahawks with rookie Russell Wilson or the even the Chiefs with rookie Pat, or young Patrick Mahomes. They The, the consistent uh, direction to success is having a good rookie quarterback. Yep. Texans had it with Deshaun Watson as well. I think they wasted it. but Yeah, but I mean, they, they, they had a... They had good, it. <laughs> yeah, they had a yeah. good chance idea. there. There's Carson Wentz Not very well, good execution. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... Uh, yeah, I, I think, think that's a that's a good point. I think uh, for wide receiver rookies, I think it depends on the scheme, depending on you know how complex the uh, their rules are in the scheme. Maybe that's my that's my armchair take on. Yeah, it. I think wide receivers and tight ends you can kind of group together in terms of rookies. Uh, it takes a little bit for them. Yeah, scheme is one thing. I think also developing rapport with the quarterback. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's super. That's important. huge. And that takes some time to develop. Like if if a rookie last year, I think was really good for rookie wide receivers. Yeah. Um. You had AJ Brown going for over a thousand yards, which is pretty like, impressive. It's very impressive. Pretty good. Yeah. Um. Who else? DK, DK. Metcalf. Yeah. He was yeah. really Debo. good on the Seahawks. Put some respect on Debo's name. I, Debo Samuel was there. Uh. It was a good year for for rookies. Hey Terry, like, scary Terry, scary Terry. Terrence, Terrence. Yeah. yeah. Terry McLaurin on oh. Washington. With uh, absolutely no one around him, for yeah, him. yeah, and he still produced, yeah, like. Yeah. But I think really that's an outlier. Player. I think that's an outlier. It's definitely an outlier, and I, and I think the one thing to notice with all of them is that none of them really turned it up until the second half of the season. Yeah. Um. So even the really good off uh rookies, uh, it takes them at least half a season, I think, to acclimate. Yeah, I think for the rookie year, um, you definitely would probably see athleticism take more of an effect than those receivers that are uh, good because of their route running. Exactly. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, OBJ had a huge rookie year. Yeah. Um, and that was because he's One of the greatest rookie great seasons athlete. of all time. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even he's play. A... I think I think he didn't even play two games, and he was still he... very close to um, he didn't play the four games. Artist. Four actually. games. Yeah, he didn't yeah. play four games uh, with an ankle injury or something. Classic. And also was insanely talented. So classic. Just yeah. perfect microcosm for his career. I think, yeah. yeah. How he do you guys missed his first four? Wow. Yeah. How do you guys feel about uh, offensive rookies in the NFL versus rookies in the NBA? What do you how, What do you and, guys think are trends there? 
Um, I think in the NBA, the pace is similar for college. Like, obviously, the players are more athletic and more skillful, but the pace is somewhat similar to college. So you're saying the gap between college um, game and NBA is not as large as the college football and NBA NFL football? Yeah, no, like defense, like in terms of a quarterback or, you know. You're saying the mental game. Yeah, like. No, the speed of the the NBA, it's harder to transition. The um, speed of the game is just so much more faster and. But Andy, um, if it, it I, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here. But oh how, how, <laughs> how, how, all these NBA players that are coming in at age 19 and age 20 that are just you know able to dominate the league, like Zion's yeah. coming in at 18, yeah, Luca, Giannis, okay. Giannis, Luca, Luca has been playing professional basketball for like four years now. He's hardly a rookie. No, but like um, where he was playing was similar to but, college. I mean, yeah, like the, the no, these guys. No, no, all, it was not similar. The level to of competition was much better in Euro League. It was much better. First yeah. of all, he was playing with grown men, right? Th- these grown men also have much more experience since it was college. Like, yeah, like okay, college yeah, players. Okay, I'll give you Luca. I'll give you Luca, for okay. sure. Thank you. I, but, I just think we've been spoiled by the talent and the success of NBA rookies recently. Because yeah. like, these Young. guys are all one and done, and then they come out and they ball, man. Like, yeah. It, it feels like you know, their skills are very transferable, whereas in college, something that brought you success in college football may not necessarily right, be right. transferable to NFL. That's just my opinion. I think it comes down to just the nature of the game. Football is way more scheme-dependent and team-dependent than mm-hmm. basketball. Um, scheming and teaming, I like that. Right, and like the time spent in making those plays and calling those defensive schemes are just far greater than what is put forth in college. I mean I feel like we're disparaging basketball a little bit here. Um because yeah, like, oh, it yeah. definitely does take uh, there's Obviously. a huge team component and a scheme yeah. component. I, I mean, think the biggest uh, difference between sorry Andy, I just want to get this in and let you go. Yeah, yeah. Um in NFL these guys are like hitting each other, right? It's a very much more physical game. So if you have a twenty seven year old that is fully physically developed in the prime of his, you know, uh, physical condition just smacking this poor 21-year-old guy who may not be, you know, fully developed, that 21-year-old guy is not going to have as much a success. Whereas if you take the same relationship, like a 21-year-old in the NBA versus a 27-year-old in the NBA, there's not as much, you know, physical domination required, toll on you, that the difference can be seen, which is why we see more younger players succeeding in the NBA. Because even though they may not be as physically developed, they can still succeed. If you're not physically developed in the NFL, you cannot succeed. No, I mean, I think their athletic prime is closer to their rookie year than it is to, like, 27. Like In the NBA? The, no, in the NFL. I mean, like, DK Metcalf, for example. like He is one of the most yeah. athletic players uh, in the NFL. I don't NFL. know. I feel like you hit your, you hit your athletic prime like, from the 20, 25 to 28. No, but I think, like, skill and, like, your knowledge uh, takes effect during that age. Okay. Like, Maybe. for example, like, Devin Bush, like... W- Devin Bush is going to be your example here. Yeah, because players. he's a middle. He's a linebacker. Like he okay. has to take hits. He's hitting people um, constantly, and he like right. let his team in tackles his rookie year. So, what's your point about Devin Bush? Like, what's special about? Yeah, like, no, I mean, like you're saying, like um, older people, um, it, the athleticism like takes effect. But he's a rookie, and he's still being able to tackle like running backs that are like five years older than him. So, oh, I man. still think the scheme scheme is more important, but. I don't know. Okay. All right, Andy, what were you saying? Yeah, uh, I just kind of wanted to say, like, generally in the NBA, you see improved, like, significant jumps, uh, like, later on, like, fourth, fourth, fifth year, 
uh, rather than in the NFL. Um, a la where, Giannis, maybe? Uh, yeah, kind of like Giannis. Um, or, Curry. Yeah, or, yeah, or Curry. Uh, well, Curry had injuries, so I, yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a special case. But like, it, but yeah, like in the NFL, like especially quarterbacks, I, I feel like you see a lot of second year or even third year uh, quarterbacks take a tremendous jump. Um, it, I feel like it's that's that's kind of the reason why I think it's a lot harder to transition in the NBA. Uh, simply just just due to the results, right? Um, you tend to see a lot more NFL players prosper early on rather than uh, as opposed to NBA, where like. Um, it tends to so what you're saying like what you're saying is that if an nfl player doesn't have like a decent or promising start to their career maybe teams start giving up on them because there hasn't really i i definitely think that's that's more prominent in the nfl so like josh rosen yeah yeah i I think that's i think the only example of a late bloomer in the nfl maybe he's not even a late he's like four or five years i'm thinking chris yeah I'm thinking like Kurt Warner as well. Like he, yeah, he led the Rams, but then he was out of the league for like three or four or five years. He was bagging groceries, and then the Cardinals called him to be his their quarterback, and he ended up taking them to the Super Bowl. So that's the only real example I have. I don't know. I guess I guess Devontae Parker, but Andy, you have officially changed my mind. That's a very good point. I didn't. I didn't actually think about that until like you think about in terms of the NFL when you start to label someone as no longer like new to the league and like i don't want to say veteran but at least like league uh like they they played right they're like league ready you know and i feel like that happens after their second to third year and at that point you're like all right this guy should be acclimated to it by now and he should be producing putting up numbers and you don't feel that way really in basketball and because you see success come later in basketball a good point could that maybe be because older players also success succeed a little more in the nba than the nfl like at the nfl yeah, if you're not a quarterback maybe. you're you're and you're done at like 35 you're done at 30 tops. something yeah tops if you're running back you're done at 30 no but i think if you're not a quarterback athleticism plays much bigger factor than exactly exactly like so when you when you're in your 30s and you're less athletic and you won't be able to succeed in the nba when like lebron's like 33 yeah. Yeah, Curry's thirty-one, and all these guys. Are... I think ex- I guess experience takes a lot more. Um, it, it, uh, like experience, like uh, plays a lot bigger factor in the NBA than the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I think that that partially also might be contributing to uh, the Older I guess the late growth of NBA. Yeah. Of NBA all right. So, players. so bottom bottom line here is it? Do you think it's easier for an NBA rookie or an NFL rookie to succeed in their first year? One hundred percent NBA rookie. Yeah, I would go NBA. Andy, what do you think? I think it depends on position, but if it's not uh, the running back, then definitely. NBA. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Sorry, qualify the running back, but yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. That's my okay. So we are at a consensus there then. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's uh let's transition over to maybe general kind of game plans, offensive schemes in football. Um. We talked about run heavy versus pass heavy. Uh, most teams are trying to lean towards pass heavy, um, but that does not mean that the run game is still not very important for a lot. And it actually seems that some of the most successful teams, like we said before, the Ravens, the Niners, uh, they depend like more on their run than their their pass. 
So, yeah, I mean, just to talk about it, I think the reason why is because the entire league, uh, mo- the majority of the league, like you mentioned, is going towards uh, a pass-heavy offense led by the Chiefs, uh, but kind of spearheaded by the, the the quarterback revolution of the early 2000s with the Brady, Breeze, Manning, Roethlisberger, all those guys. They they made it so much easier to succeed, so the teams had to find a way to stop it, meaning they're bringing in smaller, quicker defensive backs to stop that uh, that pass. But when now, when you the pendulum has to swing the other way at some point, and the Ravens and the Niners have 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 zagged while everyone else is zigging, mm. and um and they're just steamrolling people because you cannot handle their physicality, and also be prepared to stop the rest of the league. Um, so I think that's a that's that's why the Niners and the Ravens and any other team that prioritizes the run will have more success now, because it's uh it's, they're in the minority. So if they do it right, they'll have plenty of success do you think it's going to come full circle and everyone's going to go back to running i gen i genuinely do i think this is a classic pendulum so. access uh, yep. action at play uh the the offense gets smaller and quicker the defense responds by getting smaller and quicker so the offense goes back to getting uh heavier and stronger and then mm-hmm. it'll just keep going forever. yeah i i think you you can see that uh tendency like throughout uh, other leagues as well um, I, I think I personally think NBA is going to go back to having heavier centers later on down the road too, and I, I think the same same idea. Like you just want to have that counterplay, right? And naturally, the counterplay to lighter players is having heavier players. Honestly, I do disagree with that on the NBA side, though. If you have, if you do not have a center that can shoot threes these days, I don't think they'll be successful. No matter what. That's fair. That's um, like there. There's no way. Like the Timothy Mozgovs, they're not going to succeed. I just Timothy don't see it Mozgov happening. Mozgov was not a post-up player. Like I, he's I like the poster have... child for a large, heavy center, right? I uh, know. I think like yeah. the poster child would be DeAndre Jordan. Like, oh yeah, sure. I don't think yeah. he's going to succeed either. <laughs> like, he, like look what he used to be, and look what he is now. Like, I mean, he's old, but like, yeah, still Andre Drummond's and the DeAndre like, Jordan. The, the thing the is, like, I I feel like if you have like a Shaq type player come into the NBA right now, like. I think he would just dominate. No, but I feel like those guys have become athletic, like to the point where yeah, they can yeah, run no. Fast. Think about, think about here's here's one. Think about Blake Griffin, dude. Blake he Griffin completely remade completely his game. Reinvented yeah, he, his game. he re uh, remade his game. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. And like he was, you think about a Shaq type, like he was a Shaq type. I don't know. He was a power forward. He wasn't a center. But I see. Okay, your point. But yeah, but but he was a big body in the post yeah. who would dunk all over you, and then yeah. now he's reinvented his okay. game. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same for the NBA. Honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with um, Stephen Curry's and the Warriors shooting. Like, it just it, it was just so made, effective. It was so obvious. People, like, wait, why yeah. don't I just shoot threes? It was so obvious that people are just going to go. Like, unless someone figures out a way to stop it with big guys, in, I don't know if they'll come back to it. Yeah. yeah I think okay, so back to the NFL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, yeah, we kind of talked about the Ravens and Niners, like, what heavy offense, but... Uh, I'm sure you've all heard of the great Chiefs, uh, Chiefs pass offense. Legion um, of Zoom. Legion of Zoom, yeah. Um, they That's just, us, man. Uh, That's us now. We're all on Zoom. <laughs> yes. The Legion of Zoom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Andy they're, Reed, sign me. Their offense, Andy Reid just game plans perfectly around what he has. Um, of course, he has a generational talent in Mahomes, but... Uh, I, I don't think he succeeds without the weapons around him. You know, you have your Tyree Kills uh, and then Kelsey. And then now you have a uh, new running back for, for Reed to play with. Um, yeah. Man, 
the Chiefs. I think you can also lump in like the Saints in here. They've always been a very pass happy team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They also have a generation generational talent. Or I don't know about generational talent, but a very, very, very good quarterback. So yeah. they're able to run these schemes. Um and it's just it's it's very consistent success. So for the Niners and the Ravens and all these run heavy teams, you know, they need a good scheme, they need a good offensive line, they need, you know, good pieces all around. But if you just have a good quarterback, you can have a successful pass heavy offense. Yeah. I, it's it's I, a lot yeah. simpler. It's and a lot I, simpler. I think that's why and that's why it's a lot quicker, of teams it's faster. Yeah. It's why a lot of teams are moving towards that because it's it's easier to build a team that is a pass pass heavy team that can succeed. And the players um, coming out of college, what are these guys doing in college? They're 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 playing extremely pass heavy and they're all yeah, <clears throat> yeah they're not run blocking as much. So, you know. I, think I mean, the, I think um, in terms of all these teams, like, I don't know if it's necessarily that they chose to use these teams, but I think they just played the cards that they were dealt. Like, in the case of the Ravens, right? Like, they drafted Lamar Jackson. I mean, they weren't and, dealt that. They, they selected that card. Yeah, but I don't know. What the, like, they didn't realize his potential until, like, they saw him do it in practice. And I realized that, oh, okay. he can just run the ball. Yeah. And when they realized that, they um, took advantage, complete advantage of it. I think same thing. Like the Niners, obviously Kyle Shanahan loves the run game, but uh, George Kittle was so effective in that play action scheme that I think Kyle Shanahan just took complete advantage of it and used it to its full potential. Why don't you go in a little more about play action? You just play action. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. So play action, it is uh, basically like one of the most uh, OP things in. Uh, yeah, I, don't know, I wouldn't say OP. I say it's very fundamental. I think like, in terms of like percentage of how often it works, like it's definitely. Um, yeah, it's definitely like the hardest thing to defend against. Yeah. Um, so play action is basically when you fake a handoff to the running back, and the quarterback keeps the ball and just throws it. So it's really it hard. Sounds to very defeat. simple. It sounds very simple. It sounds very simple, but it's really hard to uh, play against because if you have a good run game and you have a good quarterback, it's pretty much like a competent quarterback. It's pretty much like unstoppable <laughs> because you just. Can't do both at once, right? Like you have to choose. You one. don't know which one you're going to defend. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I don't know. One of you guys brought it up. I thought it was a really interesting comp. comp the, the pick and roll. Like if you double James Harden in the pick and roll, now whoever the roll man is has a four on three. Now if you if you commit to stopping you know Derrick Henry in the run game, then Ryan Tannehill has an easier way to throw the ball. And this is another thing about like head head coaches making life easier on their maybe not as spectacular quarterbacks. So it just makes life easier for them. It simplifies the field. Yeah, and I think that that's the the bread and butter of a run heavy offense. If yep. it, like in terms of switching up the game, like switching up the flow, and really uh, punishing the defense because just as the game progresses, yeah, 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 the yep. game progresses. You've been running the ball down their throats the whole game, and then you bust out the play action. Um, and they just have no response because they've just been so used to to the run game. I think um, one thing it's it's pretty interesting. I it seems like you should have to have a good run game for it to be effective. But I mean, you I've seen the yeah. Pats, I've seen the yeah. Patriots succeed off the play action with the terrible run game, and I don't. No, because like even if like if you run the play action enough times, then the defense has to uh, like respect like if you keep, if you keep yeah it, the defense has to respect it. So they always have like one or two guys like waiting to see if the quarterback keeps, and then that's one or two guys that aren't uh, focused on the running back now. So yeah, it makes running the ball easier. Yeah. So 
I think yeah. basically the, the conclusion here is that play action is extremely effective when you have a good running game. It and It's almost OP at that point. But even if you don't have a good running game, it's still a good decision because you'll take a couple players, maybe keep their eyes looking in the wrong direction. And anytime yeah. you can do that, it, it leads to success. Yeah. It's uh, it's a nice, it's it's like a nice uh, mid midway point between these two. I think it's it's a key part of any offense. Yes. Um, any any last words on general game planning? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, in terms of like during the game, um, running the ball is especially effective if you're up and you're trying to like run out the clock because um, if you keep the ball inside the in like if you don't run out of bounds the clock continues to run but whereas if you throw the ball and it's incomplete then the clock stops so that's one thing that you might see when a team's ahead uh late in the game um as well as passing the ball is always effective but people tend to do it more often as they go down to like get quick yards yep all right um so let's move on to a little history not super in-depth just uh, we can start off with the uh, with the Super Bowls, I think. Um, so obviously, every year there's a Super Bowl. Some games are better than others. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about some of our favorite Super Bowls. Uh, just yeah, we can just and, talk about and, it. And uh, you can't you can't have any conversation about the Super Bowls without without bringing up the Patriots dynasty. No, you because, cannot because uh, the Patriots have been what nine Super Bowls in the last twenty years. Yes, nine. Brady Brady yeah, has been crazy. to nine Super Bowls. Teams haven't been to like four or five. So there's teams that haven't been to single Super Bowls. Tom Brady, I think, by himself with six Super Bowl rings, has the most Super Bowl rings of any team. Any the, team. Uh, I think the Steelers have six. That's it. That's Steelers it. have six. Yeah. Tom Brady so. has a higher percentage of going to the Super Bowl than Russell Westbrook has of making a shot. Yep, there's that. Tom, Tom Brady made, I think they won their division, which is a guaranteed playoff spot, 17 out of 18 seasons. And the one season that they didn't, Tom Brady tore his ACL in the first game. So uh, the picture of uh, sustained success in the NFL, uh, it reminds me of the Spurs. with uh, But it's Popovich. like better than the Spurs, though. It reminds me of the Spurs yeah. with LeBron, where Tom Brady's LeBron. Because LeBron yeah. has been to eight straight fi- uh, finals yeah. at, at some point. That was basically uh, Tom Brady at that point. They, yeah. they defined this, this decade. Or, These last two right, decades. <laughs> last two decades. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, Patriots fan. I mean, and the pa- the thing about the Patriots is that... Um, you can't just like say, oh, these players are just better than everyone. It has a lot to do with their coaching and the culture that they have in every person doing their job correctly so that the defense can play well as well as the offense can run smoothly. Yeah, it's um, just such a it's such a unique It's such a well oiled machine. Well oiled machine. Yes, machine. That's yes. the best way to put it. And they don't and the the thing is with the well oiled machine, yes, the cogs are important, but cogs are also replaceable. And uh, I mean, we'll see now. They've they've moved on from their biggest cog in Tom Brady, and they replaced it with another former MVP in Cam Newton. So these guys are just the masters of uh, replaceable parts. I personally yeah. think they're going to be better than the Bucks, but that's just my opinion. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. It's I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all, actually, if that's yeah. the case. I'm not expecting surprised. it. Yeah, but I, I would don't be know. Because I mean, what I've seen, what I've seen from Bill Belichick in the past. 15 years yeah. that he's been coaching is that like 
he isn't like centered around one scheme. Like that's definitely true. But like I've no. seen him switch it up so many times. Like even if the offense is doing bad, all of a sudden the defense starts like playing super well. So I mean, he somehow he finds coach, a way. So yeah, I mean somehow like the team just excels. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I think a sign of a no, oh, go ahead, Andy. Okay. Um, I think a sign of a good coach is like you're able to produce with whatever, ta- like, no matter what talent you have, right? Uh, and I think part of that also comes to being able to adapt your system to fit the players that you have, right? And I think Bill Belichick is like the perfect example of that. Like, um, he he's changed his system so so many times throughout the years, as I think Isha's previously mentioned, like. Uh, because he had different personnel, because you had different pieces coming in that weren't necessarily going to be great in the system that they had before, right? So he was always willing to adapt, to change, uh, to whatever the situation was. And yeah, he, he's just an all-time great coach. And he's... when the situation is 28-3, to yes. oh <laughs> let's yes, talk about yes. that. Yeah. Before we, okay, before we talk about that, just one really quick note. I think the one of the most, ex- like, interesting storylines to follow this season is just going to see how the Patriots do without Brady. Uh, it's going to, this debate about has the success been because of Belichick has it become uh, been because of Brady. Has it been because of both of them? Um, this is the very first time that we will see a, uh, well, I guess not the very first time, but it'll be a first time in a long time. Yeah. First time in a long time that we'll see, we'll see the Pats operating solely under Belichick, uh, seeing Brady operate without Belichick. That is the very first time. Um, seeing that kind of difference is going to be very interesting just to see. I, it's it's going to be interesting to talk about just to, like for debates purposes. Was this success on Brady or was it on Belichick? And I mean, I think... I think it's unfair to Brady because the poor guy is 43, man. He's 43 now. He's 43. I, but you already know people are going to be debating that. It's just... Yeah. Is he really 43? I don't yeah, think so. <laughs> Show us the birth certificate. Yeah. All right. 28-3. Let's talk about it. Probably Man. the best football game. My fo- One of my fondest football memory, I think. The original Kyle Shanahan choke joke. Yeah, that hurts, man. Sorry. I, I, was, I, was, I was all for it at the time. I, I, I loved watching it. I think it was. I thought it was a great game. Uh, I mean, the, the Falcons just came out on fire, man. That was a yeah. juggernaut offense led by MVP Matt Ryan. Uh, still very good Devontae Freeman. Good always, as always good Julio Jones. Always yeah. good Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Julio uh, Jones. Tevin Coleman out the backfield. Tevin Coleman did <laughs> you know score a touchdown. He scored the you know 28th. what I'm saying. He scored the 28th point in that game. So uh, he was I mean, that defense had, what, Vic Beasley too, right? Like Vic that was, Beasley, uh, that Grady was Jarrett. Was Vic Beasley that good though? 16 uh, sacks, I think. That was his good year, yeah. That was, he had oh, that was a good year. year, yep, yeah. They had Grady Jarrett, three sacks in that Super Bowl. Robert Alford, a pick six. Yes. Like, man, that team was Yeah, good. that defense was gangster. Yeah, and uh, yet, I think it, uh, I think one thing that was their downfall was that they were young and they were based off of athleticism and speed, and that kind of goes away over the course of a Super Bowl. It's a long, long game with extra long halftime, so... They're, they're they're having to be locked no, in but for like, a very long time. In the end, I thought their talent had actually bailed them out with Julio's toe tap drives. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Like, I literally was like, oh, yeah, Julio just it's saved her. It's, it's great. over and at then, that point, yeah. And then they get sacked <laughs> the next play. So I think, the, I think this happens to a lot of 
young teams, like you said, Roy, inexperienced in the situation, playing the Patriots who have been there like a billion times, is that they overthink and they outplay themselves. They play um, not to lose rather than yeah. play to win. So, okay, that is generally the case. So a lot of the problem, a lot of the times is teams, instead of staying aggressive and trying to really put their foot down and making sure that the, the Pats can't come back, they play conservative and they try to preserve their lead. And that is what leads to their downfall many times. Uh, that's how the Pats yeah. have been. They become predictable. Teams. Yeah. It well, happens all the time. Yeah. At that point in, in this just... case, that isn't what happened. I don't think so. I think I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all they had to do was so basically the the Patriots were down by one score. They had rallied back. They were down by one touchdown, and the C and and, and the Falcons had the ball after Julio Jones made this insane catch. They had the ball with a thirty yard line, thirty yard inside line. the thirty yard line. So all they had to do was play not to lose in that situation. They just had to run the ball a couple times. Time would have run out. Patriots had no timeouts left. They could have kicked the field goal, made it a two-possession game, and it would have been over. Um, but I think they played to win. No, 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 no. They ran the ball the first time, and they got an offensive holding, so they went back 10 yards. Yeah. And then they, and then they were decided to throw, and then they got sacked. And then they got just another holding. And they got yeah, another no, holding and another, there. Yeah, so, so, I mean, that's just... This is bad luck, man. That just sucks. It's just... It's it's inexperience. I feel like it happens so much. People no. I win. feel like um a lot of times, like a lot of the inexperienced team, inexperienced, not as experienced as the Patriots. Whenever they play those teams in the Super Bowl, those teams try to like do the out of the ordinary. Yeah, but that's what I'm the saying. Patriots, they, the Patriots, the yeah. Patriots just know the out of the ordinary, so they just like see it. Like for example, um, the Seahawks right against the Patriots on the two yard line. You think the ordinary thing to they do? They try to get just, cute with it. Yeah. Yeah, they try to like go out of the ordinary. But the thing is like. If you watch the NFL films, the Patriots literally knew that play was coming yeah. up. Like yeah. they literally knew it. They called it and they like played it perfectly. So that's why that's why this this well oiled machine. The, the well oiled machine. It's it's incredible. Um, I think that game was the I, I was the most baffled I felt at an out like Every time they got a two point conversion, I was like, "Really? This is, is this really happening? happening? It, it no, it so when, there's yeah, no yeah. way, man! Oh my god!" Just when I think was it Amendola with that last two point conversion? Yeah, to tie uh, when he, he barely got through. Yeah, imagine if he didn't get it. Imagine if he didn't. Honestly, if they didn't get it, I would not be surprised if they got an onside kick. That's just the way the game was going. No, when en- when um Edelman caught that pass, the tip, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, it's over. Like at that point, you already knew it was kind of over at that point because the momentum was just uh, like against them. It's the, the magic. Dude. Like you just have those feelings sometimes. I mean, and that's the... just. Yeah, go ahead. I, it's it felt like that was the 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 Giants Super Bowls where the they crazy got catches, you know, these crazy plays, crazy catches. That catch that Edelman made was like the the catch that lifted the curse of that uh, of those catches. It was uh, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, uh, I we haven't even talked about Brady. I think the one thing that's uh, interesting when Brady goes down, his game does not change. Uh, when I was watching the Ravens Titans game. Uh, in the playoffs last year, uh, this season, whatever. Every time Lamar Jackson didn't get a fourth down or something, or he threw an interception, or they had to punt, you could see him visibly getting frustrated on the sideline. He would take off his chin strap, or he'd be frustrated with himself. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate. I'm just saying he 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 could not isolate his next play from the previous play. Whereas Tom Brady has always been able to, you know, 
just go out there and execute every play after play, know know what he needs to do and not not be affected by the moment. And it's one yeah. of the great the greats to ever do it. It's an even crazier thing about that Super Bowl was that Rob Gronkowski wasn't even in the game. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was playing right. with yeah. like no. just Julian Edelman and Amendola. Yeah. And Malcolm and Mitchell. Malcolm Mitchell. Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. James yeah, like, White. James White. James White like 14 through. catches. Hey, we're, we're talking yeah. about uh, pass-catching running backs. That's a, Now, here's a guy. That That's the man. That is James White was huge in that game. He had three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, including the game winner. Uh, that yeah. Was, that was great. Mm. Um, I mean, that, that's the biggest comeback in playoff history, I think. Yeah. It's. I think yeah, it's tied for the biggest. Tied for the biggest. Okay. Yeah. In, in it's definitely the, in Super Bowl, and it's yeah, yeah. tied in the first you know. overtime game in Super Bowl history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a great game all around. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you want to watch any game right now, NFL Game Pass is still free. Watch that game. <laughs> it's yeah. a great thing to do. Watch that one, and then watch Super Bowl Forty Nine as well, because that is. <laughs> oh man, arguably even more something? entertaining back and forth game. But, that would oh, no, so so that would be a back and forth game. This was a a one side game. What a tale I'm watching. Of, that was like a tale of two halves. You know, it was like a yeah, entirely one sided, but different sides. If that makes sense. Just before we move on, I just want to thank uh, NFL Films for sponsoring this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Huge shout out to our sponsors, uh, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club. Squarespace. Squarespace. Yo, can, can we be saying this? Like, are we allowed? To- <laughs> what are they gonna do? Sue us? <laughs> Man who gets sued. <laughs> All right. Well, now let's move on to. Uh... Yeah. So that was so. Okay. I guess before we should say that uh, Kyle Shanahan was the. Uh, offensive coordinator for the Falcons in in the Super Bowl Fifty One that the twenty eight to three game, and Kyle Shanahan also appears in this game. The most recent Super Versus Bowl Niners, most recent Super Bowl, the last football game that was played. Um, yeah, I know Rose doesn't really want to talk about this. <laughs> I I still haven't watched the highlights. Um. I don't know. The only thing that I can say is that, damn, the Niners played Patrick Mahomes as well as anyone has ever played him. He had, I think, like a rushing touchdown and two picks. And, like, he wasn't doing anything against the Niners. And then, I mean, all of a sudden, he has that magic. And I think uh, I think it's forgotten that he has those two picks because he wasn't playing that great, honestly. Like, they punted yeah, on their first drive. The Niners' defense was just shutting him down. It was so. It was very interesting to watch because uh, I, I didn't think it was possible. Uh, but when the Niners' offense needed to step up, make a couple of plays, I thought they could do it. Um, as one notable moment that comes to mind is at the end of the first half, uh, the Niners forced the Chiefs into a punting situation with two two minutes and like ten seconds left, mm-hmm. and they didn't call a timeout. They just let the clock run, and they got the ball eventually with like one one minute and like twenty seconds. Like, and they, and they tried to run the clock out. Like, that was another situation. Of there was also a George win, Kittle, uh, George Kittle holding call that Off- I, I still don't agree with. Offensive, offensive pass. Yeah, uh, OPI. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, we're only in that situation because like poor clock management, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we we could when you have a number. I think a, a good quarter. I I call him a top ten quarterback. When you have a, like a number a top five offense, you have to trust that offense. It's not like we have Blake Bortles back there. It's not like we have some 
offense that's barely limping along. When you have a chance to, you know, go down the field, take those three timeouts, two minutes, it's like every every player's dream. The first half, it's fine. You're playing with house money. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just thought that was a, a, a definite example Pivotal of playing, moment. Yep. playing not playing not to lose, and they lost. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the situation, um, I feel like the result um, affected your... Um, uh, like, yeah, would you be scrutinizing yeah, this like, that much? Like, if, if I mean, I, I remember screaming at the TV. And I, even I'm no, not even like, a Niners fan. What would you, I was like, what the my hell question? My question is, That's what true. would you say if they um, tried to score and like threw a pick and then give you know, field you gotta you gotta respect the aggressiveness. I think I will. You it will always be when no, but I'm just saying like done. Niners fans would then be like, oh, why did they just like why didn't they just like run it out then? Like, I feel like I, I don't think I don't I, think I, rational I, Niners fans would. Yeah, I just, no. I'm yeah. saying in, irrational. Like irrational fans are always like that. The result. Okay. Yeah, irrational fans are gonna be or, irrational. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, a lot of times they just. I mean, you, know. you had our general manager John Lynch just screaming up in the booth to call timeout, and then me, obviously, more importantly, me <laughs> <laughs> screaming at my TV to call a timeout, and uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I, I, he's definitely earned the benefit of the doubt. He got us there. He played. Our team played great, but uh, just a couple moments when when these teams are as evenly matched as they are, uh, you you win and lose the game in the margins, and the and that's what happened. That's true. Yeah, it's it's a game of inches at that point. It's and, a game of minor yeah. decisions that that play to like make uh, major impacts in the outcome of the game. Yeah. What did uh, you guys you brought up? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was gonna say you brought up the point that uh, the defense shut down Mahomes for. Three and, three and a half three quarters, three and, and a half, half quarters, almost. Yeah. So that brings up, I guess you can bring up the age old question here: um, if the defense essentially did their job and did whatever they could, uh, and the team wasn't able to get it done, then the the old saying of what defense wins championships does that? Do you think that applies? Um. Uh, who 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 who's taking this question first? I'm, I'm I just threw it out. I mean, I'm just... I, I can I can talk about this real Go quick. Go ahead, Andy. Um, I've uh, personally, like growing up, like I always felt like this was true. Um, you would always see like dominant defenses kind of carrying, uh, maybe subpar offenses or not not super great, not Super Bowl level or like NBA Finals level defenses to the, to the. Uh, to the championship um but as i as i think about it more and more i personally don't think this is as true as people make it to be like certainly you need you need defense to win a championship right but you also need to put points on the board right like uh how even if your defense for example like the the niners defense was did very well against uh mahomes but like I don't think it's possible to stop Mahomes for three for four quarters, and you kind of saw that in the last the last few minutes of the game. Um, but at that point, like it's kind of on the offense to uh, like the defense did their job, sure, but you still need to put points on the board. And and if the offense can't do that, like how how are you going to win the game? The name of the game is putting more points on the board than yeah. your opponent. I think that this Super Bowl was super super clear against defense wins championships because the Chiefs offense won it for them and it feels like the Niners offense lost it for them. No, but I mean I think the Chiefs defense definitely stepped up when they needed to. So it's not like the defense just I'm not saying like offense wins championships either. Like you do need a balance of both to be able to succeed to be able to be successful. Um after the Chiefs went up uh score, right? 
the so, yeah or even down by three points they they held yeah, the Niners yeah. stopped and then when they went up they also stopped the Niners the Chiefs had to make the Chiefs defense made like four stops in a row yeah in order to win that game right, so, right, yeah. yeah I understand that but like but no one's how... arguing that the Chiefs defense won that championship right he's just yeah yeah so I, I think, think making four stops in a row is as difficult as scoring two times in a row right I don't know about that man <laughs> Patrick Mahomes won that game for them for sure. Yeah, it, it was That's just a wasp, wasp call on. Yeah. Do we have time to run wasp? No, um. stop. <laughs> okay, no, but I feel... Um, oh, no, right, go, go, go. Yeah, I want to I wanna get my point across on this defense wins championships. All my life, I've played defense on every sport that I played, so I have a soft spot in my heart for defense. And I think, uh, I think you guys are maybe misinterpreting defense wins championships by saying that the Niners defense did not win them the Super Bowl game. Obviously, the Niners def- or defense didn't win that Super Bowl game, but the point of that saying is having a strong defense is a foundational, sustainable way to, to, to take you throughout the entire season. It will take you... It's not like a one-off thing that will help you win a game. Offense wins games, defense wins championships because defense can take you throughout an entire season. It, it travels well. It's on the road. It's against any team. That'll take you throughout the playoff run. It'll take you to the Super Bowl. Now, in the particular game, yes, offense does need to be there to win that champion to win that championship final game. But to make a championship run at all, you need to have a good defense. That's that's my take on the saying. I mean, one thing. Um, I mean, one thing I'll just add is that um, just devil's advocate. I think the offense uh, definitely can help the defense in a game. Like it can make the job easier for them if they have a long drive that ends in a score. I mean, that gives your defense time to rest and be able to gain their energy back for the next drive. But I don't think that applies for the defense in terms of helping the offense. I think, no, yeah. if, you, if you watch the Niners at all this season, the defense definitely helped them. The, the defense always helps the offense. It makes wow. short, short Field fields, position. turnovers. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're right, right, right. Right, right. and, and if, you, if you keep the, the offense... So let's say your defense is consistently stopping the other team's offense... It means the other team's defense is tired, right? So mm-hmm. they're consistently on the field. Defense can definitely. It's. A, I think it's a very symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it's so I think at the end of the day, offense does win that game, but defense is a sustainable way to win championships. That's okay. I, no, I, yeah. I I get what you're saying. I guess yeah. I was more focused on that the like particular, particular game, game or, yeah. like yeah. the championship per se. But yeah. I, I guess kind of offense won that game for them. But you yeah. can. Yeah, I I definitely get what you're saying that like. Defense is more sustainable over a long period of time. Offense tends to come and go uh, for for most teams. If you're not Mahomes, unless you're the Chiefs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the yeah. thing is, in order to win a Super Bowl, you have to win. You have to have an excellent um, regular season in order to yeah. have like a good seed, as well as you need to win three games in a row. Assuming yeah. you have the buy, that's yeah. extremely difficult to do with just an offense. Like a defense, a defense like, is more stable. Well. We're not yeah. saying like the defense is just bad. Like, no, but like a defense is definitely more stable for um, winning that many games in a row like and there's 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 precedent like the last two times yeah. uh, number one offense played a number one defense the seahawks and the broncos and then the broncos and the panthers uh the defense won so there's that right that's true yeah uh, all that was right painful. thanks guys i appreciate yeah that. had to had no to problem. bring that one back how far back do we have to go to talk about a raiders super bowl 1992. Okay. okay. <laughs> just saying, man. Of, uh, we just want to, if we want to make everyone feel a little bad today, let's talk about the tuck rule. We can talk about some sad, uh, 
some sad Pats moments, some sad Raiders moments. What sad Pats moments? Hey man, when we they, talk about we talk about Super Bowl forty two. That one time when Derek when Henry didn't go undefeated. Him. Yeah. Oh no, they only went Tough eighteen times, and one. Man. Tough times. Yeah, it must suck to be a bottom feeder like that. Yeah. yeah we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see how it is this season. Yeah. Hopefully, no, I'm pretty confident. Swings. <laughs> I'm pretty confident yeah. about. I don't. Think I mean, so. it, it's 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 hard to bet against Belichick. That's all. The only uh, problem is um, the opt outs. I think definitely. Yeah, will their hurt. defense yeah. is decimated, man. Yeah, yeah. Defense is is ruined. Um, yeah. Do the Patriots don't? They just reload, dude. They just reload. It's hard to reload that many uh, bullets at once. Empty, <laughs> empty magazines. It's an empty mag. <laughs> yeah. So b- before you got to reload, you got to put all the little bullets into the little mag, right? So they're doing that right now. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. In, in this analogy. All right. All right. Any any last closing comments on? Uh, this Super Bowl, anything about recent history that's noteworthy? Uh, nah, man, no, man, I'm good. I, I I so. Nothing for me. All right, I guess uh, before we end it, I guess we could go top four team prediction for next year. Top what? Top four teams. If we're talking about four. recent history, what do you think would be the top four teams? Let's go. Let's year? go five. Let's go five. Make it an even five. Huh? That's true. Okay, we'll do five. All right. All so right. I think everyone can agree the Chiefs are going to be on there. Yeah. Yeah. The Niners. Niners. That's yeah. Ravens. Saints. Yeah, Saints. And this five spot, Ooh, which is Saints? why I made it five. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. the Saints, the Saints have the best roster in the league, I think. Up and the down. Saints are, uh, they just consistently do bad in the postseason. Though. What That's what the thing. what is, what are their weaknesses, dude? They have zero weaknesses. Yeah, but they just somehow always find a way to lose. That's the thing. I mean I you can't you can't yeah, I don't want to detract from the team for somehow no, no, finding I, I a love way to, I, to lose in the playoffs. The Saints are my second favorite. Mm, probably honestly my favorite team to watch. You hate to hear it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I think the Saints have the best roster yeah. in the league. And then I, when I you think, have that much time, no, you're going to be a top five team. It. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we're not predicting Super Bowl here. I'm just saying who's going to be a top five team. And the Saints have been 13-3 and three back-to-back years. Nothing's changed. They've actually gotten better on offense with Emmanuel Sanders and stuff like that. So, But this five spot, I think, is pretty interesting. Honestly, I'm a little um, unsure about the Seahawks, Ravens. Man. Okay, I was thinking that. I was yeah. just thinking that. Yeah. I'm a little unsure about the Ravens and the Niners personally because they their strength is their play calling and like that's not consistent year to year unless you're oh, like Bill Belichick. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I think play calling is more consistent than like which team in individual talent. Look at everywhere Kyle Shanahan has gone and taken offenses. Yeah, everywhere His backs Kyle have Shanahan always performed. Everywhere too. Kyle Shanahan goes, he has a top ten. Okay. Offense. If you think Kyle Shanahan's that good, then he's that good. Dude, but Kyle Shanahan is that good, man. He took. If I see it, let me see it. No, and also. What do you mean? Is... Let me see it. He made the it's Browns there, good, dude. He made the Browns good. He made the Redskins good. He made the Falcons good. Now he made hey, man, the Niners we'll, good. We'll, hold on, Washington Football Team. Oh my bad. Yeah, Washington Football. The W. Man. He made the W. A. At the time, they were the. They oh, were yeah, that. That's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I apologize. He made the Washington Football Team <laughs> good. Like everywhere he goes, he takes a bad team, and then Kyle Shanahan comes, makes it a good team, and then he leaves to a another team just to spread the wealth. Okay. So yeah. I think definitely play calling is a little more um, sustainable than individual talent. No, but like play calling can like change. Like for example, um, uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay's Sean McVay one of the great minds, but like his team fell apart. His yeah, team because the like, personnel changed. 
I understand, but like for example, like personal can I don't know. I, I just so, I just think, so okay. If if you're saying that the Ravens and the Niners are gonna f- not necessarily have the best year because they're more dependent on scheme, but their personnel didn't change. No, right? but they're, I think they, I understand, but like yeah, I, I think they've no, like, improved. If their personnel isn't their strength, like for example, like I can't say anything against the Chiefs because if they have Patrick Mahomes, like you can't stop. I don't. Fi- I think there's a way to stop Patrick Mahomes. There's you can't stop a Kyle Shanahan offense. If you think so, I mean, I think I don't think Kyle Shanahan's like. God, but dude, he's. God. I think Patrick Mahomes is God. Are you kidding me? Gosh, <laughs> Anahan offense is like a recipe for success, man. Like, d- did you not watch the season? <laughs> no, I understand, but like, all right, think... just, okay, okay. So, what's your top five then? If it's not, if like, no, no particular, no particular, order. no particular order, just top five. Um, Chiefs, uh, Saints, um, <laughs> Packers. Wow. And then I would put the Niners at oh, four. Oh, I would put the Niners at four. You put the Packers above the Niners after back to back. Okay, the Packers. The Packers are Julio, and then the Niners are Michael Thomas. Like, what does that consistency? No, I value consistency. No. The Packers aren't good, dude. The Packers are a very middling team, despite their record. Honestly, it's like a what? There's like a yeah. term for it. It's like a toothless lion or something like that. It's like a. Oh, that's ah, a good. I forgot that. There's a, there's a, I, there's I, a I metaphor for it. Yeah. It's yeah, like, like you can't... I don't think you can scheme against Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, the Niners did. He hasn't. Made twice. Uh, the Niners kind <laughs> okay, of that's just that's destroyed that's him facts. twice. Yeah. I don't... I did, that was a poor 13-3 and three team. Um, you can, I don't know. I don't know if you can put the... Right, what's five each? What's five? I think. Five is tough. I don't know. You know. You're not going to put the Ravens in your top five? I, yeah, I think I, I have to put Ravens. Okay. So you're basically your fifth team is the Packers. Is the Packers. Okay. Um. Andy. Fifteen. I was gonna say Seahawks actually. Okay, I think that's a good one. I'm going with Seahawks. Uh, let me think. This is gonna be you put me on the spot here. Yeah. Uh. I don't think I don't any know, team. From the, I don't think the. Ten, I don't think. Yeah, Tennessee not the is. not the AFC. It's not the um, AFC. Hmm. Hey man, go spicy. Fucking really use man. Like good but not great teams. Yeah, that's like the Bills, you know? They're just all a bunch of Bills. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about the Bills, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think I'm going to go Bucks. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the Bucks got better. I think they lost their biggest weakness and they, they upgraded their biggest weakness. The only thing holding them back. I think they have a good defense. They have a great run defense, a decent pass defense. They have a good offensive line, a good wide receiver core, and the best quarterback of all time. Did all you right. know who um, USA Today has his number five? Who? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, God. <laughs> see, hey, I didn't see, say it. USA Today did. See, oh God. See now that's wrong, USA Today. <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Imagine, wait, listen, listen. Imagine if, yeah, wait, no, listen. If, imagine if they could have married their 2018 offense to 2019's defense. Yeah. Alas. Oh, my God. But Big Ben's return should be restore Pittsburgh to AFC's okay. elite. Is that, is that what they said? Yeah, it's really I mean, the first part was correct. Imagine if they could, but they can't. <laughs> <laughs> where is Antonio Brown? Where is Le'Veon Bell? Like, dude, on, where man. is Matt Breida, dude? Dude, the ni- if you think the Niners' success is dependent on Matt Breida, he's just really... Dude, he's the fastest player in the league. You don't even know. <laughs> I do he's know. Just, speed does not kill. Last episode, man. Speed does not kill. The, the Niners are the poster child for literally having any replaceable running back. You can throw anyone there. Pick a Kyle Shanahan running back. 
they're all the same. You can put any one of them in a Kyle Shanahan scheme and they'll succeed. Six yeah. rounders, undrafted, does not matter. If you thought the Niners' success was dependent on Matt Frida. No, but okay, the reason like Niners are kind of iffy for me is because I just look at every team that was in the Super Bowl before and what yeah. happens after they have that target on their back leg. Yeah, I, I, I... So, like, the Rams, right? The Eagles, like, where are those teams now? I so, mean, think like, about... So, the Eagles... The Eagles did not succeed because they didn't have Carson Wentz. The, I mean, they have the, Carson Wentz now, but, like, what's happening now? now? So, they'll... I think they'll be... They just got decimated by injuries, and you can't really count for injuries. Uh, I think they're still a very good team. The, the Philadelphia Eagles have a very... Yeah, I think the Niners are a good team. I just don't know if they'll be back to where they were last year. I think the Niners got better, so... Like, what happened, what happened to the Rams? I mean, okay, obviously... The Rams got worse, <laughs> Tiger injured, right? but Tiger injured their offensive line. They lost three or two or three starters, and when you have a, a a team that depends as heavily on their offensive line as the Rams do, with a statue quarterback and a run game like the Niners have, the Niners' offensive line got better. So yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's a pretty good indicator. All right, that was a nice little tangent we went on. Yeah, he's uh, just hating on the Niners as per just, usual. He's just hating. That's okay though, dude. I was still have some difference. Lost, dude. Difference in opinion. <laughs> when they lost, it was too much. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for us. You heard it here first. Top four teams will be the Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, and Saints. Um, hey, I did not sign off on this. I mean, that's, it was in your top five. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, they were in your top five. You should they see were you in your top five, off. so you did sign off on it. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up our uh, NFL deep dive mini series. Uh, we will probably get back with some more NBA podcasts back to our divisional previews for the NFL. Um, yeah, got a lot of stuff lined up. NFL season starting in about a month. So that is very exciting. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the link in Spotify to see how you can support the podcast. Uh, and we'll see you next time. See ya. You know what I'm saying? You make sure you use our discount code um, BBBubble you know at uh, Dollar Shave Club for $10 off your first purchase. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs>